Hey everyone, like I said in the intro, we have a very special guest joining us today. He is the co-founder of Boss Rush Media, and he's the host of the Nintendo POW Block and Optional Opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is the sensational, the magnificent, the one, the only, Eddie, the Nintendo Ninja Farnell. Eddie, how you doing today? Hello, good sir. Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm so glad to be here. Oh, this is this is exciting. <laughs> glad to have you here, man. I like the energy. You you came in. You you sounded like um almost like um Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> you you want to know what? It's so weird. I when I'm at work and I talk to different people, they still think I'm from Africa or Brazil. I'm like from the hood the city <laughs> nowhere near that but i'm so happy to be here it's been a while since i got the guest on somebody's podcast so i'm i'm just so happy and very thankful to be here man i can understand why you're doing so many podcasts on your own you know so to speak i'm like over there at boss rush y'all you're doing like what like three at the moment i am doing yeah so yes uh power block um talk the walk i do uh breaking it uh, not breaking nintendo uh um not nintendo power block uh expansion pass mm -hmm. uh shows uh 1v1s like i do a lot for boss rush uh when it comes to the podcast and if there's anyone that needs filling in and i'm available i try to feel that so it's safe to say if you if the, the boss rush had their justice league you'd either be the flash or their superman right Yes, okay. I would probably be. Yeah, I would probably be, uh, Flash. I think I would be the Flash. I, I like that. that. I like that. Are you excited for the Flash movie coming up? Um, I am not. To I be honest that with you, um, it, it, and I have nothing against Ezra Miller, but I kind of fallen out of the Flash, like a TV series and stuff. I love the his animated movies. I love the DC animated movies of the Flash. But this one, I think I'm going to wait for it to come like on Blu-ray and mm -hmm. I'll just pick it up, put it in, get a piece of something to drink and then watch it in the comfort of my own home. Okay, I feel you. I feel you. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, for the people who might not know you, Eddie, can you give the audience a little taste? Who is Eddie V? Well, I am uh, from North Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I host a podcast, um, Nintendo Pop Block, where we talk all things Nintendo. Um, I'm also part of our writing team for Boss Rush Media, where we write banters, news stories, um, how to. So if you like, need to know how to set up um, your 4k for your xbox and stuff we have things written there um i write editorials also um i also uh, like i said earlier uh do expression pass uh breaking nintendo uh we just literally got done ranking our nintendo and our last one is the nintendo switch so uh we did that and just uh, just a great gamer all around i do play playstation and uh, Xbox and Nintendo, uh, like I said, all three consoles. So, uh, and I love food. I normally, uh, we on our Nintendo Power Block, we call it Snack Tendo, mm -hmm. and we talk about different foods, uh, that we eat throughout the week, uh, new foods. Uh, I'm always out 
looking for new snacks to give a review and everything yes i do eat healthy everybody i do drink water eat, eat vegetables and stuff like that uh fried rice is my favorite with along with sushi and everything and i'm just a down-to-earth guy and everything so uh if anyone needs to fill it in for a podcast uh whether it be for gaming movies whatever um i'm down for it and so that's little old me NAV, you're amazing, and I'm so glad to have you on the show. But that's it. How dare you lie to these people like that? It's saying you eat healthy. You know, you, during our introduction, I was a guest. Ah. By the way, everyone, I was a guest on this man's show, and he introduced all kinds of craziness into my life. But for one reason, it's because like I had never known that Pepsi made a was a Peeps soda. Yeah, Peeps, uh, Pepsi. Peeps Pepsi, what sounds like diabetes in a bottle, and you introduced that to my life, eating healthy. I had to try it. It's for the, like I said, the thing about it, when people see new foods like that, they'll tag me and be like, I cannot wait for your review. Mm-hmm. And I'll go out and find it. So I see uh, the Peeps Pepsi, and like I said, I love the look of the bottle. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to give this one a try. I have <laughs> tried like I told you, uh, Sebastian, I have tried the flaming Hot Mountain Dew. That was an experience, and I was just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> so okay. trying this, trying this Peach Pepsi, I'm like it, it's really good. I think a lot of people have that idea of this is how Peach tastes, but actually this year he's been doing very well as Easter candy. It's really been selling out this year, so. Uh, seeing that with pepsi i'm like i'll give this one a try i even bought it for a few associates because they were so worried for it i'm like no i'll spend the money and i'll drink one along with with them and they've been enjoying it and everything now uh we're we're trying to get it out our store because once easter (laughs) is over it's the uh that stuff will sit that will sit for a long time like yep we got to get this out the store and everything i feel you i feel you so how like do you eat peeps by themselves or you just drink the soda? So I I do eat peeps, but I only eat them like on Easter. I don't eat okay. the eat it as a regular candy or something. Uh if they're like a new kind of peeps, is like a new kind of flavor peeps, I normally try that. Uh and, and see how, how they are. I'm kind of like a Cadbury egg kind of guy. I feel you. Uh when it comes to like Easter candy and stuff. All right, so these people have gotten to know you over the course of our little interview here. We we know you like you like all kinds of different foods. We know how you like to dress now. So yes, let's talk about the topic of the show, or at least you know the subtopic. We were talking beforehand. You and I were DMing one another and coming up with the, sh- the show idea for this one. And I wanted to before we get to that topic, I I want to give a video game recommendation to people because what people don't know is like you are knee deep in nintendo games like yes like solidly knee deep in nintendo games so what game switch game in general would you recommend that people need to check out um so there's a game on switch called just shapes and beats and just shapes and beats is a game where you control this little square and the music is going to help you get through the trials of it it's like a house slash dance slash trance kind of game so uh what your goal is you gotta dash 
through different things. Uh, some people who don't know this, uh, that it, do, it does use real life DJs who have put songs into it and everything. Uh, and also they got Shovel Knight's music in there. So you could be like regular shovel music, but then you'll get like a house dance kind of track. And it's so good. Like you dashing around moving and you have to pay attention. Um, you are a blue square and your background is black where the enemies that are coming out to you is pink. Uh, so it breaks it down in stages. So you'll go through three phases. And if you die on that uh, on it, you'll go back to the start of that last phase. So if you like, if you died on the third phase when you got close to the end, you'll start back to the third. If you do a boss, though, you have to do the whole three minute track without dying. No. If you, if you die, you go all the way back to the beginning and start and start it all over. Um, it's such a great game on Switch. It's something that you can put your Bluetooth headset on or make it through your surround system like it is a really great game just listening to these tracks so uh just shapes and beats i recommend everybody to give that game a try um uh, it, it is a it is an older game but man the music is still banging and of course if you guys are you know if it's a friday night or it's a uh or you know you just driving around on a weekend Get the track list, put it on, you know, and just and like listening, dance, bank out to it, drive around, barbecue, whatever that you guys are doing. The soundtrack to Just Shapes and Beats is so good, and the gameplay is mwah, chef's kiss. I like that. I like that. So that that, ladies and gentlemen, that's the Nintendo recommendation for this episode. So now that we got that out of the way, I got one last icebreaker question before you. If Kirby absorbed you, what kind of powers would it get? If Kirby absorbed me, I feel like we had this question. Yeah, we, we had it. I gave people oh. a preview on, on your show. Of, oh, of that is I was right. Gonna ask. Yeah. Uh, if he absorbed me, uh, I think he would, yeah, he would definitely be able to write songs and do a lot of singing and everything, do harmonies and stuff like that, just like vocal arrangements uh and stuff so he would have like a music ability to him and everything okay. uh whether he see, whether he sings someone to sleep or you know does a song to calm somebody that's in anger or something uh he would have that ability from okay okay and you know which which kirby game would you want to have this ability in which kirby game uh i ooh actually you know what i think i would have this get kirby game and the forgotten is kirby and the forgotten mm -hmm. is uh because rainbow kirby and the rainbow curse is great but but because it's so much claymation and you have to move the stylus and everything you wouldn't be able to get to see it on screen because you have to see that long, uh the other screen and like i don't think music kind of works in claymation sometimes i know there are videos done in claymation and some are good but i'm like doing it as a video game uh that's just something like it takes you out of it everything. uh so i would say kirby the forgotten is do you think that's the best kirby game of all time <laughs> Yes, I think so too. I, I I absolutely think so too. I don't think it's even close, to be honest. Yeah, because it, 
it, it starts you off easy, but then it ramps up, and then there it just offers so much different gameplay ideas mm -hmm. that you have never seen in other in other Kirby's. The ending is straight Dragon Ball Z nonsense, and it's so hilarious. It's just like y'all went off the deep end with this, but it but they Nintendo did it so well and everything, and it's just like oh oh this is. This is my Nintendo game of the year. Like it's already only March, <laughs> like <laughs> February, and that game was just so amazing. So yeah, I would say that's the best Kirby game. So what's your Nintendo game of the year so far? Oh man, my Nintendo game of the year is definitely Metroid Prime Remastered. Like okay. I, I, I'm loving Octopath Traveler too, but man, I didn't know how key they would make this game. And it running at 60 frames per second. And just like, I haven't had no problems. Like, it really feels like the GameCube, but yet it still works in this modern age of game. That makes complete sense. So, do you think that's going to stay your Nintendo game of the year for the rest of the year? So, it's hard. <laughs> and because, I, of course, Tears of the Kingdom is dropping. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we got Pikmin 4 dropping, uh, Event Sports dropping. Like, just from Nintendo alone, there's a lot, but then there's level five that's coming out. Uh, Ghost Trick by uh, Capcom is coming up. Like, there's a lot of stuff that just through this half year is going to make me question, it's going to make me be like, okay, I could already write 50 games, but what is going to be my game? Like, that's going to be the hardest part and everything. And then we don't even know the other half. Like, Bayonetta Origins, uh, uh, Cereza, uh, that game, just the demo alone, I'm almost ready to give it a Game of the Year nomination. Wow. Yeah, and so do you, did you like it better than Bayonetta 3? Um, so I I need to finish more Bayonetta three. Uh, I do enjoy Origins and everything, so I really can't judge it on that until I finish Bayonetta three. But I would say this: this Bayonetta Origins, just the demo alone, has that Nintendo flair with its soundtrack, and it was just like, oh, I don't know who did the music for this. I need to find out. But this is only for for Nintendo and from Nintendo. Because mm -hmm. you won't hear this music in anything else. So, like, right now, it's it's really just up in the air. Like, I can't wait to play Advanced Wars. Um, of course, like I said, Tears of Kingdom, Pikmin. And who knows? We may get another Paper Mario. We may get another Yoshi. Like, we may get a lot of stuff that we don't even know what Nintendo has up uh, up their sleeves and stuff. Like, even... even uh, Fire Emblem engaged. Like, I'm ready to put that as a game. Like, I'd already put it as a game of the year nomination for me. Because I was just like, this game shouldn't be this good. Like, mm -hmm. I love the animation and I love the music, but good night. This just feels so tight and just right. I feel you. I feel you. I think it'll be interesting because, like, I I have a feeling this is you you can disagree with me wholeheartedly but like I have a feeling that Nintendo's going to get one real game of the game of the year nomination because like I feel like Tears of the Kingdom is going to overshadow a lot of the other stuff and the other stuff is kind of going to kind of like not necessarily be bad by any means I think it's just going to kind of like 
they're all kind of going to be fighting one another for like uh for attention whereas like uh, we got a lot of other like third-party studios and even like sony and microsoft bringing the heat this year it's like for nintendo i feel like tears of the kingdom is going to stand out i have a hard time thinking that any of the other games are going to really stand out outside of the core audience that are going to want to play those games you know it's a it's a natural that's a natural thing when it comes to awards and everything. Nintendo always like what's the family game and stuff. But it was just like to me, people said Nintendo doesn't have games. And I tell people you need to restate that. Nintendo has games. They just don't have games that you decide that you don't want to get and get into or try and stuff. And the thing about it is you if Nintendo doesn't have games, how come their stuff is in the millions? Yeah. Like, don't forget, this is a game that's on one platform and it's doing three million. Yeah, that's true. You know, mm -hmm. so like you can't say that it doesn't have games. It's just games that you prefer not to play and everything. So, yeah. and then I'm speaking, I'm not speaking to you everything, but it's just like in that statement. I, 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 I'm ready to write about that statement mm -hmm. that Nintendo doesn't have games. And it's just like no, you know, Nintendo has games because the thing about it is, is that. Even if your big game is coming out, how the heck is people still playing Fire Emblem Awakening or Fire Emblem Three Houses? Like you have a big triple A game, but people are always going back to Nintendo. And you are a Sony and Microsoft player. So if you're not playing the games that you are supposed to be champion or got this big revelation and everything, why are you why did you go back to Nintendo to play a Nintendo game? yeah that's true i think there's always that that nintendo lusters uh like that that nintendo like uh, i guess you say sparkle in in their games mm -hmm. to where like they you know what you almost know what a nintendo game is going to be because of that nintendo magic you it's not like there's so many different types of nintendo games but like you always kind of like it's like comfort food so to speak it's almost like that it's nostalgia mixed in with comfort, mixed in with quality. And I feel like you know you're gonna expect a polished game, you're gonna expect a finished product for one thing, and you're gonna expect a product that is gonna make you, not gonna make you feel happy. You're gonna, it's an enjoyable experience where it's like, it's not the last of us where you you walk away and you're like oh my goodness i'm thinking a lot but like i don't necessarily know if i'm happy at the end of that game whereas like we were talking about kirby and the forgotten lands you you're just happy playing that game you know yeah. i i kind of put games sometimes in four categories mm -hmm. i put a nintendo game a microsoft game a sony game and did a trade in slash used game this is trade in slash used game <laughs> because it, because the thing because actually if you back in the day if you were even even probably a couple of years ago if you look at it went into a game stop how many copies of a first party microsoft and sony game was traded in compared to a copy of a nintendo game you know good and well if you trade in that nintendo game yeah you might get some money and trade in credits you can buy some of the other bigger stuff but don't have to regret when down the line you cannot find that game again in this and and you know you want the physical you don't want to buy it on the eShop and stuff and you can't find that game you're going to be looking online and seeing that game three to four times the price 
where you could still walk into GameStop and probably find 2018's God of War or even the latest God of War for like fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah. So it, you t- so so you tell me what is the quality of our first party? Oh, sorry, didn't mean. No, no, you're good. You're good. I think there is a legit argument there, but it's also like Nintendo protects its MSRPs because like. Mm-hmm. You never see a first-party game, especially a Nintendo game, go down below like forty bucks, forty like that. It's like they don't do that. They they absolutely don't do that. Like and and I think we we had, me and Corey had that discussion. I'm like, I know they don't drop their prices, but Activision does the same thing. The early Call of Duty's Modern Warfare Two didn't drop past sixty until maybe the uh maybe to almost Black Ops Three. Or Black that, Ops Four. They usually like, wait till like the next game is about to approach before they hit a real discount. And it doesn't even hit a discount then. It's still like forty bucks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that's a little different because like Breath of the Wild right now, right now is like six years later. It's still like right now in the eShop fifty nine ninety nine, and then right now yes. at GameStop it's like forty six. So I'm yes. like, it, it's one of those things to where I'm like. Nintendo does like protect their MSRP and and they kind of like price those markers and they never really give you a hardcore discount. It has to be from like a third party Nintendo published game. It's like you'll see Mario Sparks uh, Mario Rabbids and, and all that kind of stuff go on a discount because that because that's Ubisoft. That's not Nintendo, you know. Right. Yeah. And and, and I think a lot of people don't realize is that it's always up to the company on how they want to, what they want to do with the pricing of it. I know Nintendo gets this bad rap and stuff, but the thing about it is, it's just like of Microsoft when Microsoft or Sony does it, nothing gets said about it until like way long, way later down the line. But you got to realize that, yeah, it, it's six years old and it's still holding at that price. But I'm like, if Elden Ring was doing it y'all would still buy it I, I think like i think the market dictates is like people are going to buy it regardless and so mm-hmm. nintendo's of that mindset like yeah we're, we're just going to leave it at that price point i mean they're still going to buy it whereas like elden ring they're like you know at this point we're a third party we're going to dictate that you know like we sold what 20 million copies of elden ring we're, we're gonna like put it at a discount a discounted 30 dollar rate because it's been a year and in, in some change since this game has come out. So it's like, I think there are two different philosophies like you were mentioning. And it's kind of interesting to see how companies go about their business. You know, I, I think it's almost like that different strokes for different folks kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it is like, it's very interesting. I want to switch gears here um, because like our topic of the show today, we're doing the Mount Rushmore games of the Nintendo Switch lifetime. So here, you know, like I know we we talked about this, but I want to give the audience and and you a reminder of like let's set some parameters here. Like, I think it's fair to say let's not do games that are essentially ports. So, so if it's a port where it's like, let's not do that. Whereas, like, I think Super Smash Brothers Ultimate counts. It can be considered on there. Like. Mario mm-hmm. Deluxe is technically a port, but it's the leading game for Switch, so we'll count it. And and they're adding new stuff for it, so we'll count it as a new game. But like anything else, like Metroid right now, uh, it's it's just a port. Let's not like this game really needs to originate on the original, uh, like on the Nintendo Switch. But that said, 
Mount Rushmore, you got four heads on that on that mountain. I want to start with you, Eddie. Do you have your Mount Rushmore ready to go? Okay, yes, I do. Okay, so so give me the give me the four and then tell me your logic behind each one. Okay, so my four, uh my four is uh Yoshi's Crafted World. Wow. Metroid Dread. Okay. Uh um goodness. Uh Damon X Machina. Okay. And uh it was my hold on, I'm sorry. Uh Collection of Mana. That was it. Collection of Mana. So so yeah, so I think your four is based on not necessarily the most iconic, it's based on which which are the four favorites for you, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So all right, so I want to hear why these four games are your favorite Nintendo Switch games. Okay, so I'm going to start with Collection of Mana. Okay. Uh, this is my favorite because this is from uh, the Setsu, the Setsu, uh, I probably said it wrong, uh, games. Um, uh, Trials of Mana, Secret of Mana, and uh, I think it was Final Fantasy Chronicles. I think it was the first one. It was like a game of one. But this connection I like because Secret of Mana is one of the games. Uh, it's I, I don't consider it as a port or anything uh, because it did come out to uh, the Super Nintendo. Uh, but this game was, was supposed to be for the Super Nintendo CD. Mm-hmm. Back in 1994, uh, and that's uh, for people who don't who don't know that was going to be Super Nintendo's PlayStation uh, <laughs> when it came out. But because the plans got canceled, they had to put the whole game on a cartridge. And it has been years since that game came out, unless you had a Wii and everything. But the reason why this game is my favorite because Trials of Mana, which is uh, Secret of Mana Three, got canceled for America. It never came out to us. So yeah, there is a remake in our thing, but the original version uh, was on track because it got localized, it was ready to come out, and they never released it. And I never got a chance to play it. So, uh, you know, sadness has fallen upon me. But this game, but this connection came out, it was only 20 bucks when I got it. Uh, Thank you, Best Buy and Black Friday. and I got to tr- relive Secret of Mana, and I got to try, try Trials of Mana, and it was just like, man, this takes me back uh, in my high school days when I was playing just RPGs like this and grinding and, you know, finding a tiger or finding this enemy and stuff, and just getting so getting into these stories of these characters because the ending to Secret of Mana is such a tearjerker. I'm just like, oh, but it is on such a good note and everything. So okay. that was Secret of Mana. All right. So Metro Dread, well, what's the explanation there? This game, how in the heck do you make a horror game, a theater game, an action game and make it hard as ever when you fight the final boss. It makes you work for everything. Beautiful level design. Uh, the backgrounds are just so 
gorgeous to look at. I love sometimes you go into the train and you're riding through and you see the waves and the water and the rain hitting and everything. And it's so, it was just like, how did Mercury's uh, system, uh, how were they able to take this gag, make it feel like Ninja, uh, Team Ninja did it, but it's actually not Team Ninja. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. actually, it's actually this. It's just the story stuff, getting getting more uh Samus uh you know in like uh Samus story uh uh with her uh with the guy with the final boss and I cannot think of why can I not think of it? Uh of the final uh, boss in uh Metro Dread? Uh not Dread, the uh the can that she comes with coming from that she was trained with. Um, um I cannot think of it. Uh, Samus's clan. Yeah. Uh, is it Thoa? It may be the Chozo. Chozo, thank you. Thank Chozo. You. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I could not think of it. Sorry, everybody. Uh, uh, from the Chozo, it's just getting to certain parts where she's learning more of the story, and just fighting, just like you know the hide and seek and everything and the counter attacks it it was it, it's a game that everybody fell in love that reignited the metro series and it also made david jaffe look like a fool <laughs> for not putting it out like that well i mean i mean people people were upset with him it's just like have you not made played a metro in fact you made a metro game where you made god of war and so you put stuff in here in your gang that's been in a Metroid gang, you mm-hmm. know, and it was just, it, it was just like he gave up, uh, crap on the gang. I mean, he said that, you know, it's fine looking and all of that, but he crapped on the game so bad. And it was just like, it got people saying, how in the world do you not see the visual clues that is on the screen like it's telling and like it's telling you what to do and where to go and it was just such a big mess mm-hmm. that uh the thing that people just he 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 got his 15 minutes of frame with this controversy and then he faded back into the background uh he faded away into the background because no one talks about david Jaff- jaffe or they don't talk about his work or anything. Like when you speak of God of War, now you think of Corey Barnum. You don't even talk about David Jaffe. So Metroid Dread, it got a lot of people into the series. It actually did uh Wii U good numbers because people started buying all the games on Wii U. So mm-hmm. there was a 300 percent uh jump for Metroid. Uh, and it's just such a lovely game and everything. Just the hype for it. And then the Amiibo is so nice to look at. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like, like people went out and bought the Amiibo. I pre-ordered the Amiibo when I uh, pre-ordered Dread. So, so are so, you an Amiibo person? Yes, mm-hmm. I am. Uh, so, um, yeah, I I just like Metro Dread is up there, and they and a lot of people feel like that game got robbed, but it was the Game Awards. I'm like, they don't. I'm like, Metro Dread should be up there, um, even with all the unanimous uh, like 
folks in love. I mean, I'm gonna say unanimous. Of uh, all the love in sales, like three million for a Metroid game, that's good. That's you know? really and good. I'm like, and don't forget, Japan doesn't like the Metroid series, but it did numbers there. So it, it really just showed like, man, this game came at the right time and people could not stop talking about it. I, and I know that uh, someone made it available to pirate it on PC, but a lot of, a lot of uh, fans or just a lot of gamers just like, do not do that. Do not download it illegally on PC. Literally go out and buy the game. Yeah, for sure. Support the devs, uh, support the team that made this. Um, I want to ask you because you you have a couple of a couple of um surprising ones in, in addition to that. Why Yoshi's Crafted World over over oh. uh, over Mario Odyssey? Oh my goodness, Yoshi's Crafted World is a is such a beautiful and well designed game. Yes, they took they took arts and craft, but there are they got some levels in there that is fun very thoughtful like you know you know how like if you think of a pond or like the like in the south like in the woods mm -hmm. how they have like a creek and everything they did a level in a bathtub and it's one of the most funniest yet creative things and i'm just like why am i on a tube floating in a bathtub with all this craft and, and, and everything. And it's just, I, I did a review for that I wrote for Boss Rush. And mm -hmm. I, I had to do every level and I just ended up laughing. Great boss fights. Music is so good. And I love the fact that uh, if you want to do it from right to left, you can. Like they <laughs> switch in reverse because there's some secrets that you don't know about and everything. Um, it's very challenging like it, it may be easy for some people but once again this is the dark souls of nintendo games what because <laughs> yes and i'm gonna tell you why you try to 100 percent a yoshi game you're going to lose your mind on how difficult and how hard it is because you got to do everything perfect from beginning to end you cannot get touched with anything. You got to find all the secrets. So instead of you thinking that you could just speed run this game, you cannot. Okay. I feel and you. it's, 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 it's this Mario in this game when they think, when people say that it's baby, this only baby because they're not trying to collect everything. You try to collect everything and it becomes a nightmare. It becomes challenging. It's on the level, it's not on the level of uh a ghost and goblins, but it's challenging enough to be like, why in the world did I miss that coin or I missed that plant and it ruined my end? Now I gotta do everything again. Okay, okay. I feel you. You know. So I gotta ask so, you, you got one more game that you brought up. You you we went over Yoshi's Crafter World. Metroid Dread, Collection of Mana. Let's talk about the last game on your list. Why did this make the cut? What game was it? I forgot. You forgot your own uh, Mount Rushmore, huh? I did. Uh, Poor shame. Goodness. Oh, uh, 
Oh, goodness. What was it? I apologize to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. What are your four favorite Nintendo games on the Nintendo uh, Switch? I know Link's Awakening is very good on there. Uh-huh. Um, you did not mention Link's Awakening. You didn't, didn't mention, mention a Zelda game. Yes, I didn't mention a Zelda game because that's too cliche. That's too cliche. Okay. Damn X Magna. That's there it. you I'm go. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh Damon X Magna. Uh this game is so people who don't know, uh Damon X Machina uh comes from different people in the anime and gaming sphere. Um if you remember Armored Core, uh it's from one of the developers from there, one of the creators from there. I think Robotech, uh one of the animators from Robotech or it may be a Robotech or Gundam, but they came like all these people who have made mecha games came to make came to make this beautiful awesome game when you watch the trailer it is so smooth it is like jaw dropping and the customization is just like really great uh when you see it like you know different colors and everything and i played this game and i was just like why is this game running this way on the switch why is it so smooth i mean it has some frame weight hiccups here and there and i know it's on pc but it was just like this banging rock um soundtrack i mm-hmm. love these long period fights i love just sliding and gliding around and everything and it was just like we don't see mech games in america anymore because armored core was in virtual on also they were the mech games but they got ignored yeah. they literally got they got ignored so to see people someone from armor core someone from robotech someone from this studio come together and make front of ground up a pure mech game for america and it looks not only stylish but it plays so well i i i seen the trailer at e3 and i was just like this is my game of e3 it was the oh, wow. first trailer it was the first trailer of the nintendo direct and i was mm-hmm. just like this is my game of the year like uh, uh i mean game of, uh, game of the show uh-huh. yeah because it was just like i've never seen anything in the way that it was just cut and everything so yeah and then it got it was really hard to find because uh you had to pre-order it at one point but luckily i just found a copy at best buy and brought it now anyone who's trying to buy a physical copy of the game you can't find it nowhere <laughs> and I, I think if i i may have to look like on ebay and stuff on see if anyone is selling a copy and stuff i bet you it's probably about 90 plus some dollars um like so ahead. what what is it like living in your world where you you're still like a hardcore physical media person like does it uh, does it like how do you go about knowing that like, i want to play a game but i'm away until i find it physical you know um so i i do digital stuff i think the thing about it is that the problem that i have with digital is the limitation of space okay you got to keep moving games and stuff around mm-hmm. and i think with physical if i know that if i pop it in it will start definitely on a nintendo platform yeah uh, mm-hmm. You know, and then I know everybody likes the digital age and everything, and 
but I'm like, you gotta keep extending the memory if you're keep buying digital games. And I feel like I don't have to do that much with physical. Yes, there are updates. Yes, there is some stuff that you know, uh, like if there there are some things on the cartridge that you gotta make space for it and everything. But like for Switch, like I put the cartridge in. It installs, like do some whatever updates it needs to do. That's real quick. It's not too big of memory. And I can start playing my game. You okay. know, uh, for a lot of people uh, with digital, we know that if anything happens to a digital store, we still have that backup by having that physical. That's everything. true. And, and with Switch, we we will double dip. You know, we will buy the, we will buy the uh the digital, digital version right but like the physical might come with a soundtrack it may come with like instruction guys like it may come with something and if it and, and if it don't we'll still have it so in, in case if i want to take that game off my system or it's stuck in the cloud and i can't play it we can still put my cartridge in and play it there okay i like that i like that so I'm going to give you my favorite four games for the Nintendo Switch. And then I think we're going to do an exercise where we talk about the most iconic, the four most iconic games, the games that define the Nintendo Switch generation. The We'll call okay. it our Mount Rushmore, so to speak. So my so my Mount Rushmore, my four favorite games of Nintendo Switch um, generation has been Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I'm going to go probably with a game and and people who've heard this podcast before know i'm gonna have to eat a lot of a lot of um a lot of um bad kind of vibes for for even bringing this up but it's it's been one of my favorite times with the switch and that's pokemon violet and pokemon scarlet because i talked very much bad about how that game ran but um and i think the last but not least game um might be it's not my favorite game of all time by any means, but I think it's going to be Breath of the Wild. I think it is going to be Breath okay. of the Wild. Yeah, so those are probably my four favorites. What do you think of that list? Um, I think that's a strong list. I I probably would take Breath of the Wild out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's more of a challenge of, mm-hmm. of making that list. Uh, because like, I think Breath of the Wild is so safe right now. We know it's all everybody's uh list like there's no way that you could you could deny it uh smash brothers ultimate such a great game uh but i would also take that off the list um because it's once again it's such a safe bet and everything not saying that your list is wrong and everything no no i i completely understand i i think you're you're what you're getting at here is like that there is a um almost like a you kind of like the underdogs you kind of want to give like some love to the almost the unspoken champions of the mm-hmm. nintendo switch versus and uh, yeah i i completely respect that yeah i mean sometimes there are just nintendo games that just are answers like mm-hmm. set answers and stuff but i think when you want to do a list sometimes you gotta go to some places that's unexpected and everything uh and so that's why I say Crack the World because I know it's not a game that a lot of people didn't play. But I'm like, if you hear the excitement in my voice, you will understand why I love it. 
why people should give it a try. I love Paper Mario the Origami King. I had to keep it off this list because I know people don't like the combat. But I'm like, if you stick with the combat and with the puzzle element, you will and you will find an innovative and, and joyful game. I kind of like this game more than Thousand Year Door. Wow. When it comes to Paper Mario. And that's a big thing to say. I paused the game and laughed like 15 minutes before I was about to end the game because I was in Barza's castle and I won't explain the shot. Uh, I mean, mm. I won't give it away, but there was a shot that Mario goes in and there's all the enemies. They're just like having lunch partying and mm-hmm. then they stop. They all look at Mario and it's like, dude, dude, dude. I paused the game and fell out laughing for 15 minutes because the way that the enemies was looking at Mario, they were just like, what the world is he doing in mm-hmm. here? And then Mario's just like, uh-oh, what the world did I get to? And I'm like, I know they're about to chase him around this castle and fight him. But the animation, the way that it was done was so funny. It's cliche. It's so funny the way that it was done. All I could do was just fall out and laugh. The writing is so good in Paper Mario and Oregon King. Look, my team, my boss, Richard, got on me. Because they were just like, why would you pick a game like this? I'm like, because you guys did not play this game to understand why my love for this game is so big. So do you feel, so, you know, uh, at Boss Rush, oftentimes you're almost on the outside looking in when it comes to like opinions. Do you almost, do you feel like a lot of the times you, you, you kind of like champion the underdog, so to speak, or are you sort of like the black sheep of opinions over there? So I am the hot taker. Like, the hot taker. All my, <laughs> like all my takes are hot. And this and then I think it's because for and I try not to make people upset and if I do, I always apologize. I think it's because I play so much and if I know the history of a series or a company and how I look at people who are playing certain games and stuff, I I try to address that and be like that's why we went on power block we had that uh discussion about spider-man mm-hmm. and i was just like my my thing is i just don't want people to act brand new to something that's been out there like you just can't fall sometimes you just can't fall into in love with something because it comes from this developer or this game is great when there is a history of stuff that's been out whether it's good or bad that's why i explain with metroid dread People went to go through that whole history. When uh, Breath of the Wild came out, during that time, even though as Zelda being a big game, they were getting their kids to play Wind Waker as their first Legend of Zelda. People went back and started playing all the all the past work that has become for a series that's been anticipated or something that they love. You know, pe- people who are new to the Mega Man series, there's 10 whole games, but the the first three is like a must play if you want to know the history of Mega Man. So it's just like, I think with me, it's just like, I know this series. I have played it or have read about it. It may not be in my cup of tea, but I follow this series in the fans and everything. And so when it comes to Nintendo and games on Nintendo from them, like if you don't know sometimes the history of the game and everything, or if that game is out and why I love it, I do my best to explain it. That makes you sense. Mean, some people, you know, some people might think I'm wrong for it, but I'm just like, 
I have played this game. And this is the reason why I enjoy it. I invite you, because I always tell people, if you play what I play, I will play what you play. Yeah, that's true. I, I like your open-mindedness there. It sounds like you always look at a game with um, a positive outlook, and I, I admire that. Besides Grand Theft Auto, that. <laughs> that that's the one kink in the armor of the of positivity for you. I feel. I like. I will always thus. I feel you. I feel you. So let me ask you. I I want to do a little exercise here. How about we we take turns. We pick out four. We pick a, a total of four, and we're gonna call these this the Mount Rushmore of Nintendo Switch games. And okay. so. You're going to go first. You're going to give us the number one draft pick. And this is the challenge here is to pick a game that you think embodies everything that this generation of console had to offer. So it can be the most popular. It can be like the best or it can be like the most innovative. Anything you feel like makes and makes it feel like it's iconic to where it's probably going to be remembered by remembered by um, Nintendo players for the rest of time. So, uh, for me, mm -hmm. uh, I am going to say, and I already know, uh, it's going to be Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Okay, that like, makes sense. Uh, like, it's at 56 million copies of the mm -hmm. game. The Switch is already at 122 systems. That's one-fourth. Or, no, not one-fourth. About Yeah, half. that's about... Yeah, and that is uh attachment rate to the Switch. And I know we got the DLC stuff coming out, but like it was the top, not only was it, I know it's support and stuff, but it has everything that was on the Wii U version, and then they're adding more stuff to it. It's been in the NPD since the day it's been released in April of 2017. Me and Corey, we just did a breaking Nintendo, and we was talking about not breaking Nintendo. I'm sorry, uh, charting the course where we uh look at the sales chart, and we was talking about how it was doing in Japan. It's around like the number three or number four. That game is still selling. Whether yeah. it's and these and to let everybody know. This is physical copies. This is not including any of digital sales. This is literally physical copies. 56 million, once again, on one platform. Yeah, that's crazy. This is not, this is not Call of Duty. This is not Grand Theft Auto. That's just, it's a game that's on every platform. No, this is one game. Every time a Switch is brought, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is attached to it. Yeah, and that's impressive. I like that. I like that. I think for my first draft pick for the for the number two spot on our ultimate list, I am going to go with Animal Crossing's New Horizons. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a game because a lot of the Switch is going to be embodied by the pandemic as well. And this is a game that kind of like was like the game of the pandemic the game that uh, that if you had a switch you were probably playing this during the pandemic you know there's actually there's two but i'll uh, let you finish yeah and, and but i feel like this this is the first time i think that animal crossing became mainstream that everyone was playing animal crossing and i think that's what makes this game iconic 
Yes. Which brings to my second game, Ring Fit. Ring Fit Adventure. Oh, I like that. I like that. Because the way that because when the pandemic happened and the gyms were closed, people were ordering and you couldn't find this game at Target Invest. You couldn't find this game for a long time. And people are still playing that game, losing weight and building muscle and everything. Ring fit just out of nowhere and you know, yeah, there's a pandemic. It has become such a big game that people were playing it and, and everything. So Ring Fit is my number two. Now y'all gonna be surprised by my number two though. Okay, I like that. I like that. I think for the number two draft pick on my side of the fence, I'm going to go with Mario Odyssey. Okay. Yeah, I think I think enough said. I think this is the best Mario game that we've gotten since Mario 64, if I'm being honest. Three. I will I would disagree with you with that. Oh, I, I, on the 3D scale, you think uh, there's a better 3D Mario game? Yeah. And let me guess, it's Mario Galaxy 1. Nope. 2? Mario Galaxy 2? Nope. You are kidding me. You're going Sunshine? Nope. Okay. Let's see. So I got Mario 64, I got Sunshine, I got that. I'm missing one. Which one am I missing? Um. Oh, you're, you're picking Mario 3D World. Yeah, you're thinking Mario 3D World. I think that's a good one as well. Yeah. Great, great level design, great music. Sunshine is second for me. Wow. Uh, Odyssey is third. Sunshine is so, because I bought it on GameCube. I still got my GameCube version. And once again, that music, that level design, that it really felt like an arcade game that should have been on the Dreamcast. But yet it's not. And it's just so good and it's so creative. Yeah, I understand. There's a lot of water. It's the main thing. Of course, you're on an island with a lot of water. But just the level design. And once again, when you're trying to 100% it, when you have to go, when you have to do a 3D world without your uh, your uh, pump, good luck. Yeah, you're a man of hot takes. Mario Sunshine of Odyssey. You're a man of hot takes. I like that, though. I like that. Uh, okay, so what's your next pick? Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Wow. Okay, I respect that one. Everybody who wanted a mature story. Everybody who wanted something deep from Nintendo, Monolith Soft gave them everything and more. It's, it's on the level of Breath of the Wild where no one spilled anything. Like, they didn't spoil anything. The music is probably, this is probably number one to this very day, Nintendo's best music on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, wow. Like, the soundtrack is phenomenal. The cutscenes are are like so done so well the voice acting is amazing it's everything there are parts that will there are parts that made people cry on here jaw dropping like er, like everybody's just like you have to experience chapter four you have to experience chapter five you gotta experience this and experience that and didn't reveal anything and when you go through it you're like what it's it's probably deeper than any first party Microsoft and Sony game 
have. If you think The Last of Us is a deep story, play Xenoblade Chronicles 3. You are full of hot takes today, man. You are full of them. I like it. I like it. I I, I bet you, you I how many people talked about The Last of Us Part 2 story? Compared to what they talked about in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you would still see more reactions. If you brought up a conversation for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you're going to probably have a lot of people talking about it who played the game. Okay, okay. If you, bring, if you literally bring up the Last of, Last of Us Part 2, you'll get more about the controversy and the, of the leaks and stuff more than you get will do about the story of that game. No shade to Sony, no shade to Naughty Dog, but Xenoblade Chronicles 3 story, just the story alone, gameplay and music to the side, that story alone will make people just like, oh, you was at this, what did you feel? How, did you can you believe this character? You see how this animation was done. How they you would have people wanted wanted to talk to you in a private session because they don't they still to this very day don't want to spoil anything about the story online. I think that's a hot take still, but I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll have to. I didn't give Xenoblade Three enough enough of a shot. I think I'm gonna go back you, and play it. You got you got to stick with it. I know there's a lot of side quests and all here and there and everything, but I'm like, everybody, if you want a cinematic experience, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 have it. Like I said, chapter four and chapter five, that that those two chapters alone, when it comes to story, should have made that game one game of the year. No, no. Whoa. whoa, 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 oh, God, more over God of War or over Elden Ring. Do if you watch what's going on, I mean with the with uh, with the battles and everything, you watch everything that's going on, you will be like, what? Wait, what? Hold on, wait, what? And or you would just be straight out silent and everything. Eddie man, I think I'm gonna have to I think your new nickname's gotta be hot takes. Cause I think I think that's one of the spiciest takes I've ever heard. That is I, crazy. I, I like it, I, but that's crazy. I, I literally, if even if you don't play it, if you just put Xenoblade Chronicles three reactions, and you you just see you'll probably see a lot of people on the list crying and stuff, and just be like, I can't believe the wait. What? Trust me. No, like okay. it's. Now, I'm not saying it's like Final Fantasy VII level of uh, 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 or anything. Final Fantasy VII because of uh, Aerith, the way that she got Gotcha, gotcha. So, that makes sense. You know. That makes sense. Uh, but if you watch it, you're going to be like, wait, what? Wait, you are going to drop your jaw. I feel you. I feel you. All right, I'm a... I, I like this. This is giving me motivation to, to try it out once again. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to report back to you with my findings. So let's go with my next draft pick here. I think um, on my next draft pick, I did Mario Odyssey. I did what, what was Animal, the first Crossing. Animal Crossing. That was, those are two good ones. I'm going to probably go. Hmm. Honestly. I, I'm gonna go Mario Kart as well for all the reasons you said. It's it's just that attach rate. I think that makes complete sense. So I it, I it's the game that defines the this console almost to the T. So I think that one's gonna be my third pick. What what's your third? 
uh, uh, my third was uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. But okay. my fourth, I, I could do a fourth and a fifth. Uh, my, <laughs> You're my adding fourth, a head to Mount's brush for. <laughs> yeah, because my fourth is Fire Emblem Three Houses. What, what? Like, like I'm not like when we talk about, of course, Fire Emblem Awakening, Fire Emblem Face, great games in their own. Awakening saved the series. The way people have been talking about Three Hopes, not Three Hopes, Three Houses, three houses. <laughs> and still playing that game that they. It was just like I know I finished all the houses, but I and I know engage as great as it is. People have been jumping back into that game, like Kobe Tech. Like, yeah, oh, go ahead. I'm right there with you. No, I'll go ahead. I was oh. just gonna say that like, I'm. I played Engage, and it made me want to go right back to Three Houses because I like Three Houses a lot more than Engage. Right, and I know Engage is my intelligence system who actually created the series, but Kobe Tecmo has done something to make people. Everybody realized this. People were mad at Kobe Tecmo and Team Ninja because what they did with Metroid Other End. Mm -hmm. Kobe Tecmo has been working on the Fire Emblem series for probably, I think, about three or uh, four or five games. I think at the Awakening, Kobe Tecmo started working with them, and then, you know, the board games. And because of those games being so good and something about Three Houses got people into that series and kept them there, it it, it was something the game was hard to find a week that it was uh, it came out because all the physical versions were sold out everywhere it took them two weeks to restock that game that's how good three houses was yeah three houses and, is my favorite switch game like undisputedly my favorite switch game you know so i have it i need to go back and finish it uh my fifth one <laughs> My fifth one, uh, and this is going to sound very weird, everybody, so just bear with me. Astro Chain. Wow, you are Mr. Hot Takes. I like it. Because this is a original IP from Nintendo and Platinum Games. Mm -hmm. And just like the way that it looks and everything, I'm like, Oh my goodness, not only just stylish in this combat, and I just I loved I what they did. It really knocked us out that it was a game that no one knew about. And like after it was shown, I like it came out four or five months later. It was just like, oh, this is low-key so yeah. like uh controlling the other character and you fighting just just the way that it was done. It's just so good. Now, Luigi's mentioned three. I, I just got to get a, a nomination, uh, <laughs> an honorable mention, because watching Toad drive a bus with the Mario characters, that little small Toad cannot see the road was hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, for the five first minutes of the game, I'm just like, oh, this is game of the year right now because Toad is driving the bus, and this is ridiculous. So, yeah. You know, but, uh, you know what, what I, I'm, I'm getting at here is like, yeah, Nintendo humor really speaks to you on a very, very deep level, doesn't it? Tree, tree, when Treehouse does the localization, they are so good. Yeah, Nintendo's Nintendo's humor is just very funny because sometimes it's cute, but when you think about it, sometimes you'd be like, "Oh, this is a shady moment," or this is just <laughs> like this is some good comedy, like this is some good writing, and you just don't find that sometimes in games. Like I give it up to Double Fine, like, and I give it up to. Um, uh, Val 
in the team who did Portal 2. Like Portal 2, so the, the line delivery and the gags in there is so funny. It's so good. I understand why I got Game of the Year. But Nintendo humor, it, because of, of the writing and the dialogue, it's just so perfect. It's so good. So, yeah. That's what's up. I like that. I like that. So, all right. So, I think I'm going to just go ahead and round it out and say, like, Mario Odyssey and Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild are probably in my Mount Rushmore. You're like, so just just throwing that out there. So, all right. Before we go, Eddie, we have one last topic of the show, and that is, are you a pro nerd trivia portion of the show? So, for those of you who don't know, on the pro, uh, like, on the single player experience, we do a pro nerd trivia challenge. And that's where I ask our guests five different categories, five different questions and five different categories of nerdiness. And if he gets all five correct, he will be in the pro nerd hall of fame. The record currently stands that one person, only one person in the history of the show has earned the moniker of a hall of fame pro nerd. I think Eddie V is going to be the next inductee into the Hall of Fame. I feel it. I feel very confident in this. Eddie, are you confident? I'm not confident at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everybody just get ready for a bunch of nonsense. A bunch of nonsense, he says. Well, nay, I say nay, because I feel like Eddie is going to be ready to go. And here we go. I'm going to go to the Wheel of Destiny here on my screen on the right. And the wheel is going to dictate your fate here. So, all right. Eddie, the first question is going to be in the realm of Marvel. MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How do you feel about that? Um not confident once again but I'll, I'll do my best okay i'll do my best okay i gotcha i gotcha all right so after escaping from the u.s where was dr bruce banner in hiding and working in a bottle plant what was the location where he was hiding um he was hiding in like I wonder if it's a lab, scientific lab that he was hiding. We're looking for a specific an area in the world. Like, what part of the world was he hiding in? Um, the sky. The sky? After he escaped from the U.S., where was Dr. Bruce Brenner in hiding and working in a bottle plant? Uh, <laughs> I have not one idea. I feel you. I feel you. The answer is Rio de Janeiro. And uh, if you remember, um, I believe it was Avengers 1 where um, where Natty, um, that would be, you know, um, dang, I blanked out on her name. That would be the Black Widow went to go like hunt him down and basically like find him in the oh, Avengers movie. In the Avengers movie. Was, it, was that in the first book? Um, I want to say that was in the first one, right? When they were, when she was going to hunt him down in the, and he was in the chair. Because he, because she was on, she was on like a Russian spy. Because I think Scarlett Johansson was like in a red outfit. Or is that the? I know she was in a red outfit. I think in Iron Man Two. Huh. Like, because in What's that, it? in that one, um, you remember like she was, um. 
he was, he was like, tre treating like people in um south america and he and she walks up and he was just like um how many he was basically alluding to how many people did you bring with you and such like that or is it just you because it was like at night time yeah yeah okay yeah so that was kind of around that area um but yeah um next question the next question if the wheel has landed on a topic that i think you might know pretty well i have a feeling because this topic is so you want to be the best like no one ever was it is the pokemon category okay all right so in gen one which pokemon yeah uh, you know you know your gen one very well by the way maybe maybe <laughs> play by here all right all right so in jig and uh, gen one what was the evolution of jigglypuff a jigglypuff um jigglypuff did jigglypuff ever evolve because i think you had to trade him i think for him to evolve um i i will tell you i think to evolve jigglypuff especially in gen one i think you need a moonstone the moonstone and I, I think, really, I, 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 I think that can I, be found at Ma Mount Moon as well. Yeah, I, I cannot tell you because I didn't have Jigglypuff in my crew. Okay. So, okay. Uh, oh, for two. The answer is Wigglytuff. Wigglytuff. Okay. Wigglytuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. He was never in my crew because I had never had any use for him. So mm -hmm. I, that's. Left him alone, huh? Left him alone. Yeah. I feel ya. I feel ya. Alright, the next category is in the realm of DC. Oh, <laughs> oh no. You do, you don't seem so confident. I, just, I would try my best. Alright, I like that attitude. Alright. In the realm of DC, what? Who is the famous butler for Bruce Wayne? Alfred. Alfred, he got it correct, ladies and gentlemen. He's on the board. He's on the board. All right, so your next category is in the realm of anime. Okay. Anime. You you feel confident about this one? Depending on the year of it, yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right. What would happen to goku kid goku specifically when he looked at the moon he would turn into a monkey we'll take it we will take it the terminology is he would turn into the great ape but i will take monkey that is the same exact thing you know me. what what's weird is i've never heard the them use that uh terminology the just, great I ape see, yeah i just seen them like he just turned into a monkey because his eyes would go red just like Goku, and you had to cut off his tail. That's like that's all I remember. Uh, and I, I, I wonder if it was because of early, um, early voice dubbing, mm. like the localization of it. I think it's because of that. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so, and I think um a lot of the confusion about that too is because Frieza always would call them monkeys. Yeah, 
like Frieza would go around calling them monkeys, but like I think the term for it is like great ape, technically. Great. In that, yeah. But so you're two for two here. You've missed two. You got two correct. You might win. You might leave with a winning record, and I I like that for you. So we have in our bag of tricks right now on the fifth and final question. You have an option A and an option B. You can choose your destiny here. I'm not going to tell you what category the options are, but you can choose which road you want to take. So do you want option A or option B? Option B. Wow, that's been a popular option lately. Um, really? Option, yeah, everyone's oh, wow. choosing B for some reason. I, it's like, I'll, I'll switch to A, dear. <laughs> you switch to A? You want to be I'll different? Switch, I'll switch to A. You want to be different, huh? Okay. All right. All right. So option a is in the realm of xbox okay all right so xbox trivia so to speak all right here we go all right what was generation two of the xbox what console was generation two of the xbox family that's must 360 that is correct you got it right you got it right the Just... worst the worst xbox system ever wow and i so uh i there was a thing called venture beat where mm -hmm. people could come in and write uh articles and everything and i they would do the top five articles people were right my writing was bad i misfilters and stuff like that uh just before the age of editing now mm -hmm. and i wrote that um uh i put i think i uh i hate the xbox 360 or something like that and everybody got mad at me and i told them i was just like if you have a 360 and you already get through with four consoles because it red ring and you have to pull a towel over it to get it to work that's worse than the ps1 that you had to turn upside down with the cd to make it the uh lens read like and it was just i think it was just like i didn't like the controller mm -hmm. um i didn't I thought Gears of War played terrible on the Xbox 360. Um, now, I will say, the Xbox One controller is better to play that game. I enjoyed it. I just <laughs> went, I went there on the 360, and uh, one of the editors at EGM, or was at EGM slash 1UP before they went all left, or before Ziff Davis closed them down, and they went, went to Richard Beat, he was just like, I feel like hate is too, too strong of a word. And everything and i just got a lot of comments and stuff that people were just like you know you're wrong and all of this and stuff but it was it the hate came from not not from all the games and everything the hate came from the design of the xbox 360 and i was just like you didn't get a full system to the xbox 360 slim which was like the fifth version or whatever of the xbox 360 and the xbox one was already out so it was just like i have a right to and i and i had apologized i'm like well hate may be uh a strong word i'm dissatisfied with the xbox 360 and stuff that makes sense. My, my point still stands that i do not like the system that i'm paying 400 dollars which i didn't buy 
I would not be buying a $400 system if it's going to continue to break over and over again. And if there's a story that a kid spent almost $2,400 on a four, on, on six Xbox 360s to play his games, that's terrible. That makes complete sense. I can get that. And so I, yes. So I, I you know, I, I got comments. It was a hot take of an opinion piece, but it made the top five that mm-hmm. they told that they told like, yeah, y'all need to go and read this one. It's a wow, but I understand. But the editors and people who did understand it was like, understand where you're coming from on why you hate the 360. Mm-hmm. It, it was more of the console's design than it was actually yes. like the, the games and what it brought to the table. Yes, because mm-hmm. that er- that era I was we in PS3, and then I went Xbox One. I thought the PS4 is still to the state of like a Kit Kat bar meets uh, <laughs> meets, uh <laughs> what is that boxer with his grill? Uh, uh, George Foreman. George Foreman. It looked like mm-hmm. a George Foreman grill, and I was just like, this. The, the the PS4 great games and everything, but I don't like this like its design and everything. So I I'm just like I'm going with Xbox One, you know. And Xbox One gave me Ori, gave me Tomb Raider, which I love all time classic iconic game and everything. But the 360 just the worst. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, so. Would you like to see the road not taken and what you would have got, what question you would have got if you would have went with option yeah. B? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, all right. So, option B was in video game soundtracks. Video game soundtracks. Mm-hmm. All right. So, the question would have been this game, known for its very, very hip hop like sounding video games trial and track was a gta like clone featuring artists such as snoop dogg warren g ice cube the doc and mac 10. the game even allowed the player to unlock snoop as a secret character and let him roll around in the open world this game was lauded for its soundtrack had all those rappers in it and i will tell you came out around the GameCube, PS2, and original Xbox generation. What game is this? And it was an open world GTA? It was an open world GTA-like clone. Clone. So not Um, not a GTA game. It would have been True Crime. Yes, you're right. True Crimes. Streets of LA. Hey, yeah. Because that was the only other open world game. Saints Row wasn't out yet. Uh, Snoop Dogg was supposed to do, I think, part two. Uh, but I think that ended up getting turned to something, something else. And then later on, uh, did, True Crime, did True Crime part two ever come up? No, yeah, they True got Cri- to- no, no, True Crime Streets of New York. There was like, there was like, there was like was- True Crime Streets of LA and there was um, True Crime's New York City. New York City, okay, yeah. because did end up true crime end up turning into sleeping dogs when Square Enix brought the uh, series, so they had to change the name, mm-hmm. and then everybody loves sleeping dogs, 
But the game, I mean, the game sold a million. It did very well, but Square Enix wasn't satisfied. So we didn't get Sleeping Dogs. Too. I'd love to get another Sleeping Dogs. I'd love for an indie studio right now to give me something very much like Sleeping Dogs right now. Well, if so, it's up to I gotta I gotta find out if the Embracer Group brought it mm-hmm. because when Square Enix was selling all these developers and IP, I don't know if Stephen Dosk actually got sold. I bet it was because because that's the thing about it. Stephen Dogs is probably the best. Like a crime open world game is the best with Saints Row Three being second. Oh yeah, so. Saints Row 3, my favorite moment of that game is like when you're parachuting down onto a skyscraper and Kanye West's power is just going in the background and you're just like, where it's like, hey, hey, and you're just like falling down and it's like, oh, this is so cool. No, mine is when you're having a party and the uh, hoes start shooting at you. <laughs> you say, these hoes ain't real hoes. That, that ran me on the floor dying i'm just like what is this bunker's <laughs> gang i was just like when he said these hoes ain't real hoes i was just like i this is this is top tier writing i i cracked up i understand the power thing yeah that one was good but that that party part, I was just like, oh my! Every time it comes up, I bust out now. Oh, I forgot about that part. That is so good. That is so good. It almost makes me want to play that game again. Almost. Yeah. But yeah, Eddie V. Before we go though, um, one last little segment. Do you have any words of inspiration that you'd like to share to the people today? Yes. Um. Well, everybody, I know. Uh, a lot of things are going on in the world, uh, like with uh, our trans people and everything and a lot of bills and stuff. But I just want to say people uplift your trans community, you know, really truly be an ally for them because it's really important in this time. They are, they're seeing more for their sexuality than they are seen as being human beings. And, uh, we just got to keep in mind that they are human beings and you know we want to love and support that community and fight against the bills that uh a lot of politicians are putting and stuff um so just want to say that uh and just start you know continue to treat people with love and respect and everything uh we really that's what we truly really need at this time uh and everything and you know I know there's not been a lot of discourse with gangs and stuff, but enjoy, when people post something that they love a game, truly support them that they love the game. I know like Hogwarts Legacy and Atomic Heart has been controversial, but if people are really enjoying it and loving it, just, you know, you could just leave a simple, oh, that's cool. And keep it moving if you want to. I'm like, we just really need to be more positive around people we meet online and social media uh and in real life yeah, yeah. i like that i like that so that's and, not, oh that's what okay. i say last but not least go play some arcade games go find an arcade and get go arcade. play arcade you're encouraging people to go out and play the arcade i feel you yes. i feel you what would you play the arcade right now oh if i was in the arcade right now i probably would be playing street fighter 3 third strike okay that's not a bad one that's not a bad one all right, so Ed, we're wrapping up the, this episode. Where can the good people find you? 
You guys can find me on Twitter at that retro code. You can also check me out at bossrush.net. Check out our Discord at bossrush media um there, and check out Nintendo Power Block on bossrush media on YouTube and our other shows. There, you can catch me. Um, if you want to listen to Optional Opinion, it is on SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify or other podcast apps. Uh, and you can check out some of my old work there. And like I said, you can check out my writing at bossrush.net. Um, I have some stuff like game reviews. Um, I have some editorials that make people think. Uh, I, you know, uh, and yeah, just go check check all that out, that stuff out. And uh, we do have a store on Bosch Rush, so you go to BoschRush.net and check out our store there for our merchandise. Okay, okay. What what is the what's the coolest merchandise piece of merchandise in your opinion? I got my pride uh, hoodie, mm-hmm. so that says Bosch Rush Network, and then it's the rainbows and stuff. So I got a pride hoodie. Okay, uh, I truly love that one. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Is that the one you probably wear the most? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we we got some new stuff out, but uh, it's not ready to go just yet. Okay, I, okay. So. I, I see some ideas that uh, Corey's been sending me. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Okay, so you got some fire ones coming down the pipeline then. Yes, I like that. I like that. So, um, you know, all the links to everything that he just said will be in the description of this episode. So definitely click on that. Go support the, them at Boss Rush. They're doing incredible work. I happen to be on a couple of their shows. They're really great people. Amazing cast of people. And I would love, you know, I love working with them. But we're going to hope to work with them more so in the future because they're absolutely amazing. They're absolutely killing it. So, you know, and I... I loved having you on the show. Can't wait to have you back. We're going to probably have to have you back when Pigman comes out. We're going to have to have your... When all the new Nintendo games come out, we're probably just going to have to, yes. like, collab and, and do some more collaborations there. But in the meanwhile, I really want to thank you for being on the show. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. I truly enjoyed this experience. Yeah, man. It's been so fun. and It's been so fun. All right, so... Before we go, Ed, thank you again. I'm going to definitely hit you up because I'm, I'm going to need more snack recommendations. I'm going to try to get outside of my wheelhouse there. And everyone, jo- go join the Discord and hit him up and ask him all for all the snack recommendations. This man got all kinds of crazy ideas. So definitely check him out there. Um, Ed, it is time to wrap things up. Until next time, I will see you later. Bye. Bye, everybody. So that's a wrap for today's show. I'm going to give a special shout out and thank you to Eddie V from the Boss Rush Network for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!